What's up, you guys? Hey, how you guys doing? How are you guys doing today? Before we get into today's episode, we wanted to talk about uh, a sponsor of today's episode, which is Chewy's Local Marketing Solutions. Is that? Yeah, he is uh, currently working with us as a violinist, but he also has his own business. And he wants us to let you guys know whether you're starting a new business, mariachi, or thinking about updating your brand. Chewy's Marketing can provide the visual designs for logos, business cards, or any promotional asset that will make your business stand out. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Sometimes you're starting like a mariachi group or starting uh, anything business. You don't have a proper logo, you know. That happens, you know. You, we can only go so far with Microsoft Paint, you know what I mean? You know, just kind of draw out whatever you can or have your cousin draw something out. It's not always the most professional thing, you know what yeah. I mean? And sometimes he'll even take pictures of the group, right? Yeah, so he'll do everything for yeah. your business. He'll rebrand your whole mariachi or or just if you're barely starting out, he'll take pictures, Photoshop, uh, he'll Photoshop logos, he'll do... Uh, full-on portraits he pretty much does everything uh yeah. he actually works with us but if you visit at chewy's marketing on facebook or instagram um there's more info on there and as a bonus texas residents get free shipping on any purchase of a hundred dollars or more so if you're in texas you know free shipping if you live in cali arizona or florida anywhere else you're gonna have to pay for shipping i'm sorry yeah but i mean it's worth it you know like he makes me and sam look good yeah that's kind of hard to do <laughs> yeah i mean he, he does all our cards for our group so if you look on there, we actually look kind of decent. Yeah. And I know I don't look like this in real life. So he's doing he's doing some... We're catfishing. <laughs> yeah, he's doing some voodoo uh, good shit on here. So um, <laughs> uh, whether it is for your business or whatever, hit him up. I mean, for cards, business, whatever, he's got you. So Chewy's Marketing, quality brown, uh, branding for your quality business. Hit him up at Chewy's Marketing. Yes, sir. Everything will be linked below. And check us out. Enjoy today's episode. Just an uh, audio jack box. Should have a connection somewhere. <laughs> hey, I don't think you're saying anything. Can you, can, can, uh, well, we can hear you now. Yeah, you sound a lot better now. I can hear mine this side. Only on that side. What about when you when you start talking, Doctor G? That way is the other way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's up, you guys? We are back. How are you guys doing? This is episode number 24. We always yeah. got to make sure because what we end up doing is we forget. Every episode we say that we forget what episode we're on. We're on episode twenty-four. Yeah, it's because I don't listen to a podcast, though. So I, I, yeah. I don't even know what number it is. We don't even check ourselves. We just kind of put them out. <laughs> I, hear, I hear my voice. That's why. Yeah, it's your voice. That's what, that's exactly. <laughs> anyway, anyway, today is a great day. Today is a great day. It's a great Monday. We have one another guest. I know we yeah. we had a guest last week, but we're just knocking them out with these guests, man. Yeah. We, this one has been pretty important to us just because. Um, kind of what we've explained as far as the as the podcast before we've kind of been bringing people that have been with us along the our, our own personal musical journey 
or just people that have inspired and stuff uh, inspired us as musicians and stuff like that but for the longest i've been asking victor about this because i didn't have his number but i was like hey victor (laughs) like you, you you got it. You got to make this happen. This is all up to you. So I, I gave kept him- forgetting, but I got it down this time. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, he did it. So uh, without further ado, our next guest is really the the person that, in a way, started all this because we 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 as we as Mariachi music- musicians, we've been playing for a while, but from the very very beginning, I wouldn't be playing guitar for it was if it wasn't for this man. Yeah. Also, you know, the way that we play too. Exactly. You know? So uh, this was very, it was, it was a very good experience, you know, learning from this man. And what we wanted uh, was to, to share him with you guys so that he can not only give his experiences as an educator, but also as a mariachi historian. Cause yeah, because honestly, a lot of you guys need this, you know, you need true. to know. like. <laughs> yeah, and, and we, were, we were blessed as kids that we, we didn't understand it till later. But, you know, as, as kids, we, we got taught a lot and... We retained some of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because as know. a kid, you got you got a pea-sized brain. You kind of want to go play soccer and do all these things, you know? I mean, that sounds like you. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't play soccer too much. Well, the point is, you know, you want to be <laughs> doing stuff. Right. Uh, so without further ado, our next guest is Mr. William Gradante, or better known as Dr. G. Mm-hmm. How are you doing, Dr. G? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? You were a baseball man, right, Sammy? Yeah, I'm baseball. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I was never fast enough for soccer, man. I, you, the only reason you, you, you run in baseball is if you hit. And if you don't hit, then you're good. You, know, <laughs> you, just, you just end up just standing there and you walk back to the dugout. But how are you, sir? I mean, it's been, like you said, it's been a while since we've seen you. Well, I've been dealing with COVID. I've right. got about 5,000 books here to entertain me. And <laughs> I've been doing that, working in my garden, uh, playing great. some guitar walking three miles every morning and oh, just uh, enjoying the heck. I, I mean, I had the best job in the world, but mm. uh, I now have um, something even better. I don't have to leave my house and I can, <laughs> you know, now I can listen to you guys on podcasts. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> don't wait, do that. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, just a brief uh, 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 history on you. Like for, for us anyway, you were, you were our first mariachi teacher in middle school. You taught at JP Elder for you just let us know thirty seven years, um, in that program. Um, but you you got to see us both as as kids. I mean, we're still we still act like kids, but you got to see us as kids. You know, like coming up sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. You know, so now you, we're just hairy kids. Now we're just hairy kids. According to you, we we <laughs> that we got hair now. That's that's the only difference. We're still we're still the same kids in a way. You know what I mean? But um you got to see us in our musical journey from the very, very beginning, you know, and, well, and I also had, I uh-huh. also had two of your sisters as well as one of your brothers. Right. Yeah. All my siblings went, went through this, um, this, this same program in JP Elder, you know, starting in, in uh, sixth grade. I mean, me or, or real quick, just give a brief history on yourself. Just, uh, so I kind of mentioned already, you, you were there for 30, 37 years. Uh, who, who are you, Dr. G? Well, I grew up in the south end of Hartford, Connecticut, which means I'm Sicilian, and uh, went to college in Vermont on a soccer scholarship, Victor. Nice. And then uh, I got a scholarship to come to Texas to study anthropology, even though I had no anthropology as an undergrad, except I did have an opportunity to spend six months living in a little pueblito in Colombia. And uh, that was it, man. I, I was going to be an ethnomusicologist. So I, I got scholarship to come down to Austin and um, was there for five years, 
continued playing soccer. Um, I was at the best anthropology program in the United States between 75 and 80. Mm -hmm. And uh, I studied at the, still the best Latin American studies library in the world. I mean, you can get more books in Austin at the Nettie Lee Benson Latin American Collection than you can in Mexico City or Bogota or oh, wow. Rio or anywhere else. Mm -hmm. People come from all over the world, from Latin America, to study there. Wow. So that was an experience of a lifetime. And, and it's like you said, you have, what, 5,000 5, books in your house? And you said half of them are probably mariachi right behind you? Oh, that's not half. That's that's <laughs> a tenth. But, oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, and in 1977, I was just um, walking across campus. I saw Bali Folklorico performing, and I couldn't believe it. They were dropping a needle on a record player. Oh. And uh, I thought, man, this, this, we could make a band that could play this. Mm -hmm. And long story short, that's what we did. And uh, my professor, Américo Paredes, who was the most amazing intellect I'd ever run into, he asked me after a class, hey, do you think you could start a mariachi group here? It's been my dream. I'm going to retire soon. This would be my legacy to the University of Texas. And I said, sure. What's yes, a mariachi? <laughs> and he said, oh, man, you paisans from Connecticut, you know. <laughs> you know, he said, look, you need to go to Guadalajara. I want you to buy a guitarrona and a vihuela. I'll pay for them. And uh, if you can get the students... I'll make it double listed as an anthropology class for music majors mm -hmm. and as a music class for anthropology majors. You know, you, you get to spend Monday night for three hours just jamming over at the music building. Oh, and um, so we did that. We went to Guadalajara, buddy and mine, and I, we got the guitar and we got the vihuela. Um, from the guys in the plaza, we learned how to play mas o menos. <laughs> um, did you play guitar and at we just, Sorry? I said, did you play guitar at this point? Oh, yeah. I was a guitar player since eighth grade. Okay, cool. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I was I was uh, a budding Carlos Santana. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's where I first heard Latin music. And just, mm -hmm. well, in college, uh, a professor came in, a visiting professor came in from Indiana University right. and said, there's this thing called ethnomusicology. You can study Latin music for a living. And I went, are you kidding me? Um, so yeah, I was, I was just blown away. I, like I said, I got an opportunity to go to Colombia and I wasn't looking for Colombia. I was looking mm -hmm. for somewhere in Latin America, not to study Bach and Beethoven, right. but to study popular music, folk music. Right. And, um, I mean, being in a little village where no one spoke English was great. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Colombian people were so nice, just. Right. trying to figure out what the hell I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah. And then with Américo Paredes, um, he, he was a musician. He was an amazing intellect. And he is, he's known as the godfather of Mexican-American folkloristics. Uh, he, he was, he's from Brownsville and studied the culture of what he called a third country, not Mexico, not the United States, but the Valley. Oh, and um, he he had us all in classes. There were a bunch of Chicanos from, there was no PhD in folklore in, in California in those days. So they all, all the Chicanos came to Austin. And mm -hmm. um, we got a bunch of them together. And we got a bunch of other people that wanted credit for playing their violin. <laughs> I got 
five or six violin players from this. I mean, they were, you know, 20 year olds, but right. or 18 year olds, but they played in the Austin symphony. Mm -hmm. So uh, we sounded like a bunch of gringos playing mariachi for quite a while. <laughs> um, which in a way actually, you kind of were. I mean, I mean, because I think the, the biggest thing for me was finding out, like you said, you're Sicilian, you're Italian, right? Like yes, you're, that's yeah. So like for me, I always thought you were like straight Mexican when I was a kid. That's you know? true. That's what I thought. And then, yeah, like as a kid, I was like, oh, I, you know, and then when you told us you were, oh, sorry about that. When you told us that you were Italian, I was like, whoa, like it just blew my mind because yeah. I was like, I, you know, as a kid, you don't really visualize anything other than like, oh, especially because all you see around J.P. Elder for us was Hispanics, you know, so like you're not exposed to too many, you know, yeah. people outside of Mexico, Hispanics and stuff like that. So when I found and, out, and you certainly not people, not people that are not Mexican that are interested in Mexico. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean. Like you were an Italian, literally teaching us mariachi, teaching mariachi history and all that stuff for you to have an interest in that, like just blew my mind. I was like, what? Like there can be other people that are Mexican that aren't Mexican, like mariachi. Yeah. I was like, what? You know, well, that was me as a kid. You know, I, I had never seen anything like that. So um so you were well, in... it's not just kids it's adults feel the same way right i mean uh, two years ago well a year ago before covid i was playing at papacitos I, I played in restaurants for 40 years right and for 40 years people say are you white <laughs> and i would like open my shirt a little bit and say jesus you're right i am <laughs> um you know something stupid yeah. um but they sort of have the feeling that if you're not born in Mexico City or Guadalajara or something. Mm -hmm. You can't have a love for Hispanic music. You can't love playing mariachi. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but um, yeah, I just I just sort of fell in love with Mexican music in Austin. Right. We, we made the mariachi. We started learning how to make arrangements. I mean, I had been a music major as an undergrad, so I, I knew how to do that. Mm -hmm. I had never done it. But um, no, we had a blast. Mm -hmm. our, our first international gira, we got a chance to go to Brownsville for uh, Charro Days. I don't know if oh, you guys I've have heard, heard of that. that. Yeah. You heard of it? It's a big festival. You know, Brownsville is like the yeah, yeah. southernmost point in the United States and yeah. southernmost point in Texas. And uh, we had been playing at Guadalupe Church and St. Julia's Church in Austin. Mm -hmm. The priest said, I got you guys a gig in Brownsville. So we wow. were all terrified. <laughs> and I mean, about two-thirds of us spoke Spanish, both yeah. non-Hispanics and right. Hispanics. Some of the Hispanics did not speak any Spanish. Mm -hmm. We took the St. Julia's bus. I mean, the priest drove us down to Brownsville. Mm -hmm. We played in the parade in the snow in Brownsville, believe it or not. <laughs> we played uh, the jalapeno eating contest. We backed up the million ballet folkloricos. Mm -hmm. And then they said, we're going across the border to Matamoros. Like, and we said, wow, <laughs> this is going to be a hit internacional. We're going to really play for Mexicanos. <laughs> and... Um, of course, like I said, we were we were built to back up the Valle Folklorico. So we played La Culebra, La Negra, Guadalajara, right. you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. We did our set. We're walking off the stage. And the announcer says, Señores y señoras, ahora para el artista invitado de la Ciudad de México, el ídolo de México, Vicente Fernández. Whoa. And we're like, holy crap, it's Vicente. This is right after Volver, Volver came out. Oh, and man. um he comes up to me and he says you're the leader of the group right and i go yeah and he says uh hey my uh, my my group they were in a bus i came by plane but my group was in a bus and the bus broke down between here and monterrey uh -huh. can you guys back me up and we're like peeing our pants <laughs> so uh 
our, one of our trumpet players, I was playing guitarron and my buddy was playing viola. Mm -hmm. We said, we can back you up on Volver, Volver. Mm -hmm. So we played it four times in a row. No. And he sang it four times in a row with us <laughs> to the screaming people of Matamoros. And because um, that was the only song that we know that yeah. had vocals. Right. And that he sang. Yeah, because everything so, else was uh, dance music. Like you said, you were backing up Malefolcolicos. It worked, you know, during the festival, but, right. you know, it was a great experience. Yeah. And uh, the name of the group was Mariachi Paredes which Paredes. I thought would be a good mm -hmm. idea to name it after our director. Right. Mariachi Paredes de Texas Titlan. Texas Titlan. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I said to Vicente, I said, you know, would you do me the honor? Would you sign my guitarron? Mm -hmm. And he says to me, ¿Cómo se llama el mariachi? And I said, somos el mariachi Paredes de Texas Titlan. And he looks at me and he says, Texas Titlan? Ay, ustedes, qué cabrones. <laughs> so I have yeah. the honor of have been called a cabron by the best of them. <laughs> by, by Chente. <laughs> by Chente. And he yeah. autographed my guitarron. Well, at least he did it. <laughs> Do you still Absolutely. have that guitarron? Do you still have that guitarron? I'll tell you what. That was uh, January 79, I believe. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, in August of 80s, when I got invited to come to Fort Worth to start the mariachi program, mm -hmm. no one had ever had an in-school mariachi program anywhere. So I had no, no guide to follow. Right. But um, I met a fellow down in Austin who started a group. He was, an, he was the orchestra teacher, he taught full orchestra, and then he taught one class of mariachi. And uh, we were in Austin one year probably 82, 83. Right. And um, my group played, I mean, I brought Northside and I brought Elder like always, and he had his middle school and his high school group. And um, I looked up on the stage, I looked at the guitarron and I said, man, that looks like my guitarron. That looks like the <laughs> guitarron that I used to play. Mm. And, you know, it had the pegs. Right. I mean, no mechanical, I mean, it was killer to try to keep it tuned. Yeah. <laughs> and after their, after their performance, I went backstage and I said to the kid, I said, can I see your guitarron? And I looked at it and I said, it is. This is my guitarron. Mm -hmm. And he goes, no, no, this is my guitarron. My mom <laughs> bought it at a pawn shop. And I said, oh, no, I didn't mean it was mine. I used to play it. Uh -huh. And I said, he goes, how do you know it's yours? And I said, look at this right here. And down on the sounding board, you know, down about where your, your right hand would be extended, mm -hmm. it says, con mucho afecto. Su amigo Vicente F. And he goes, Yeah, somebody scribbled something on it. I said, Dude, I said, This guitarron was signed by Vicente Fernandez. And he was like, Are you kidding me? And he, he said, My mom bought it in a pawn shop. And I said, Well, it's not a great guitarron, but it's got his autograph. Yeah. So, Victor, to answer your question, it was last I saw, it was in the hands of a freshman um, in like 82. Oh, um, it was a terrible guitarron. I'm sure he's not playing it anymore. <laughs> I don't guess anybody's playing it. Well, do you have a picture but, of it? I think I showed because you've told that story before, and I think you had a picture of it, no? I have a picture that appeared in Texas Highways magazine a year or two later, mm -hmm. saying kind of as publicity, come down to Brownsville for charro days. Right. And here's this gringo in his mariachi suit <laughs> and with a guitarron. But I don't remember if the um, autograph is in the picture. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They were more interested in the, the, you know, the traje mm -hmm. than the The white dude in the I, 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 I have the picture in the magazine. I don't know if it's got the signature. Mm, okay. Okay. So, so, so after the guitarron, so you were in Austin for a while. 
So you said you, you got called up to, to, to come teach in Fort Worth. How did that go down? Actually, I just spent like three weeks in, in Guadalajara okay. looking for instruments, looking for sombreros, looking for moños, looking for mm -hmm. trajes. Straight, straight from the source. Yeah. And, you know, just hanging out all day long in the plaza. Mm -hmm. And um, had driven all night getting back to, to Austin. Mm -hmm. And at eight o'clock in the morning, when I was hoping to sleep in, I got a call from the Texas Commission on the Arts. And uh, Rick Hernandez, who was the head of that organization at the time, mm -hmm. said to me, hey, are you the guy that's, that directs the, the mariachi at, the, at UT? And I said, yes, I am. Um, how, what kind of, are you interested in a gig or something? Uh, uh -huh. He says, no, I'm from the Commission on the Arts. Uh, somebody from the Fort Worth Independent School District has called us and uh, they're interested in starting a mariachi music program for middle school and high school kids. Mm -hmm. And would you be willing to teach it? And at the time, I was in my fifth year in Austin. I had finished all my comps, comp, my comprehensive exams, mm -hmm. finished all my coursework. I was just working on my dissertation. Mm -hmm. And I was playing seven nights a week in Austin at restaurants. So needless to say, I was doing more playing than I was writing. <laughs> and I say, you know what? If I go to Fort Worth, I've never been there. I don't know a soul up there. Um, maybe I'll just go up there, do the, do the gig. It was supposed to be an eight, like an eight-month, seventh-month gig, mm -hmm. half-time, um, 15 hours a week. I had to be in direct contact with students, and another five hours a week, I had to be in a community center to whoever showed up. Mm -hmm. And I say, you know, this will be great. This will give me time to uh, finish my doctorate. I'll go home to Connecticut. Though, honestly, I had no idea what I was going to do in Connecticut after <laughs> I had a PhD mm -hmm. in anthropology. Yeah. But um, – Decided to do it, came to Fort Worth and realized there's no instruments, there's no trajes, there's no arreglos, there's no nothing. There's not even a classroom. Um, so we shared the band room with a band teacher who really didn't want me there. Right. And, um, and of course, the Fort Worth Star Telegram and every other newspaper and every TV station wanted to take a picture of us doing something that nobody else was doing. And she just did not deal with it very well. And, um, but anyway... She went to another school the next year and they gave us the custodian's room. Oh, so we cleaned up the custodian's room. We literally shared it. Um, yeah. I, I don't, you guys probably remember the stairway. Uh -huh. You know, the door that goes out of JP Elder that heads to the portables. Okay. The main, the main floor of JP Elder that mm -hmm. goes to the portable classrooms. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. If you take a left right before that, there's a stairway, a side skinny stairway that goes up to the second floor. And yeah. underneath the stairway, there's a room that has a padlock on it. And that was my classroom. Oh, man. It was a 40 watt bulb in the ceiling. All the broken lockers in the school were in my classroom. <laughs> so was all the toilet plate paper, all the cleaning supplies, the mops, the, the buckets. Well, I mean, we shared the room stocked. with the custodians. Right. You were fully stocked, if anything. <laughs> so that's a good thing. Well, if we still had that toilet paper, it was perfect for COVID. But <laughs> <That's> um, <laughs> that was very true. There was actually a sewer in the middle of the room too, where they dumped oh, out the, the dirty water. Oh, <laughs> so um, I rounded up about fifteen chairs, mm -hmm. and um, I went to a bunch of travel agencies and got po posters of Mexico, mm -hmm. and we just uh, you know taped them up on the wall, mm -hmm. and uh, and we and you know we just did what we did. Right, we started and uh, yeah. And I'll tell you what, one day we were contacted by Los Bajitos of Grand Prairie Lowrider Club. 
Oh, okay. And they said, look, we're having a low rider happening. Can you guys come out and play? So I said, sure, we'll be glad to. So we went out, we played. And a reporter from Channel 8, her name was Maggie Rivas. I'm sure she's long gone, but she <laughs> said, what the heck is this? Who are these kids? And I said, this is my class from J.P. Elder. Mm -hmm. And we had some Northside kids. And, you know, we had eighth grades and ninth grade at that time right. point. It was our second year. What year is this already? By this point, the 80s, 81. right? 81. Okay, cool. It was our second year. And uh, the lady said, I got to see this. Um, mm -hmm. Can I come out to your classroom? I said, sure. Um, when do you want to come out? She goes, can I come out Monday morning? And I said, sure, that'd be great. We get to the door, open the door. And I said, I don't want to get in trouble with the school district because we're glad we have our own room. Mm -hmm. It ain't much to look at, mm -hmm. but we call it home. She interviewed me and she, and she was asking me, how does it feel to have your own room? And I was saying, it's wonderful. We have our own room. We, kids mm -hmm. can hang out during lunch, after school, before school, this and that. Mm -hmm. um, but he's filming the buckets of dirty water, uh, the Brillo oh. pads, oh, the paper towels, <laughs> the toilet paper, the broken uh, back, backboards from the, from the gym. Right. Um, All the junk from the school mm -hmm. was in that room. <laughs> and um, two days later, I showed up and my key didn't fit the padlock anymore. And I went up to see Mrs. Hara, the principal, and I said, I, I don't know what's happening, but my key doesn't work. Right. And she said, well, the superintendent saw Channel 8 news the other night, <sighs> and they're building you a room. And that's and, what it uh, took? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all it took. <laughs> it took a year. Um, they still didn't give us uniforms, instruments, or anything else. Right. Um, we had all these spare chairs that nobody else wanted. Mm -hmm. But uh, we were on the stage for the next rest of the year. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we came back in, they actually gave us the custodian's room, and they knocked down a wall. So we had a little bit more room than that. Right. We painted a Mexican flag on one wall. We painted some pyramids on the other wall, the, the pyramids from El Tajin. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just made it our room. And we had that for years until, where, where were you guys? Were you guys near the cafeteria? We were in the annex. We were, yeah, we were in the annex. We started in the You're annex. Both, okay. Yeah, we're we were in already. another room when they, when they tore down the old cafeteria. Mm -hmm. And then we went to the annex after that. Okay. So and that's where, band that's hall, where it was. Yeah. Uh -huh. Custodian's room new room um they made another new room in, in part as part of the old cafeteria right and then annex okay mm -hmm. man wasn't the annex days, room like we, a gym go ahead right the annex was the girls gym right because that oh. it's a big room and i'm like this looks like a gym when i walked in oh the mariachi room yeah. yeah it is big oh you did say that that it, it looked it was a gym yeah because it's well, look big. at the giant windows right Right, yeah, and they're underground. It's just like a gym. It's all you know, right. yeah. natural yeah, you light. Can, I mean, you get, you put some hoops up and you play basketball in there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they they <Very> did. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool, cool. I like it. As a matter of fact, one day they asked me to go over and get somebody, and they told me where to go. I'd never been in that building. Right. And uh, I walked in the room and suddenly realized I was in the game. Because if you were in the room, it was inbounds. <laughs> Fortunately, nobody passed me the ball. Or anything. I just right. kind of ducked out. But yeah, that was the girls' gym. Right. Okay. So, so uh, they ended up giving you that room later on down after the sewage, and they were like, "Okay, it's probably." Well, they condemned the building. Oh wow! <laughs> the building was condemned for like at least five years, maybe ten. Oh man! And uh, them to be like, maybe maybe this isn't the best place to teach kids mariachi music. 
Well, not with a concrete floor, concrete wall, concrete ceilings. <laughs> um, not for not for acoustics, you know. I don't. I don't think that's good for a gel either. I mean, that sounds pretty bad. <laughs> wow. So what? Did, what ends up great? Happen? We had a giant room. We had enough room for all the instruments. Right. Um, you know, I was having thirty-five kids in a class, forty kids in a class. Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't. Have, I mean, I could barely fit twenty-five in the old room. Right. Exactly. So, so what? Um, so this is in the 80s at this point, like you said, so there was no other mariachi programs in Texas or in the U.S. at this point. We would go to, we started by going to the San Antonio Mariachi Conference. It was so badly organized. Vargas was there, but it was very badly organized. Mm-hmm. Um, Zeke Castro, who started the group at Tra- uh, Travis High mm-hmm. in Austin, um, started having a festival down there. He got a federal grant and he got Maricha Cobre to come. Okay. So he said, look, I mean, he literally jacked me up by my collar one year. And he <laughs> said, you guys should have won the competition this year. And I said, dude, I, you know, I'm not here for the competition. I'm for, here for the kids to have a good experience, learn some new songs, but more than mm-hmm. anything, see the rest of the people playing Mariachi music. Mm-hmm. He said, look, how many kids you got? And I said, I got 314. He said, oh. you bring 300 kids down here. I've got 200. He goes, we got a conference. He says, I think I can get Mariachi Cobre to come. They had just moved to Disney World. Uh-huh. And he said, I think I can get them to come. If you guys will come, mm-hmm. you know, give us 15 bucks, 20 bucks a head. Yeah. Um, we got a conference. So we did that for several years. Then we went to Tucson. Um, I wanted to get the kids to see America, to see yeah. someplace besides good old Fort Worth. Good old Fort Worth. And uh, when I, we went to Tucson, we met. My youth mariachi groups, but they were in after-school programs, mm-hmm. you know, pay-for lessons in the L.A. area, Riverside and other areas um, around L.A. Not so much implemented in school. No, no like school. Well, in those days, and I don't know what it's like in California now, mm-hmm. but they had totally defunded any after-school activities. There was no oh. football. There was no any sports, no music activities. Yeah. So, and that wouldn't have been a mariachi anyway, you know? This, yeah. What district is going to pay for Mexican music? You know, yeah. they were going to have an orchestra and a band for the football game, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some groups that, that came in at that point. Right. And eventually there was, there started becoming, uh, they started having mariachis in Tucson. And we, we went out to their school and we got to know those kids. Um, that was really important for me to meet other kids their age playing mariachi music. I think that's the biggest thing. Because I know me as a kid, um, when we started learning in the classroom with you, I think what the biggest things we did was I don't think we even did competitions when I was in you. And no. I mean, we probably didn't have a full group, too. But I mean, we did do some gigs like all, all we knew was going to a gig in Fort Worth, you know, play a gig here and there, you know, performance with your classmates. But like finding out, I mean, now with social media, you can literally look up my like hashtag Mighty Etchy, you find a bunch of kids. But I mean, that wasn't around back then. So it's, it's the only kids that you knew that played mariachi were the kids that were in your class. You know what I mean? So it wasn't until later, you know, social media starts blowing up, you know, and you start being able to see other stuff. I think the biggest thing I, I, I remember, too, I think when I was a freshman, you were there, too. We went to watch Vargas and sat in Dallas and and uh, we, we went with Northside. But I remember that was the first time I've seen Vargas at all, like just a big group, you know, play something big like that. And just seeing that as a kid, you're like, whoa, you know, it kind of blows your mind. Not so much because like uh, it's 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 like literally seeing like the people you hear on on the tracks and stuff like that. That's the biggest thing, because that inspires you to be like, 
whoa, like you can do that with mariachi or you know what I mean? <laughs> you're just kind of like, oh, that's, that's what how it sounds. Sound yeah, like. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, this so, so it all fits together. Oh, okay, cool. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I gotcha, I gotcha. But yeah, it's like you said, like you stress that, like seeing that in a conference, seeing other kids that are interested as much, especially if you're invested in it by that point, like you're like, you know, I like mariachi, I like playing mariachi. I want to see, I uh, want to see bigger groups. Like knowing probably those kids that saw Cobre for the first time were like, whoa you know it's kind of like i was with vargas so the first time i saw them you know it just became a big thing i was like man that's that's so crazy they, it really blew my mind seeing something like that structured and organized like whoa you can, you can yeah. sound like that with 12 guys on stage you know what i mean well what was amazing about mariachi cobre mm -hmm. is we would go back to austin and randy carrillo the guitarron player mm -hmm. would know richard was our guitarron player he would say hi Richard and Richard would just be in heaven right. because <laughs> the guy from Cobre knows my name. Right. And each of the guys in Cobre was that way with our kids. And That's it was awesome. just, it was just fabulous. And then they started having the, the, uh, the big uh, conference out in Tucson. Mm -hmm. Cobre of course was there as well. And just, you know, having gone to middle with the middle school down to Austin to the conference right. and knowing meeting Cobre and then still working with them as a high school student in Tucson, mm -hmm. I mean, it was so cool. Yeah. One year we were in Tucson, uh, a buddy of mine, David Membrilla, had a group. He was a sax player. He was a band guy mm -hmm. uh, trying to learn how to play vihuela. He was obviously Mexicano, didn't okay. speak much Spanish, but was he was the mariachi teacher because he was mm -hmm. the Hispanic guy. <laughs> and uh, he said to me, is it true you guys just came on 18 hours on the bus from, from Texas? Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah. Man. He said, um, he goes, maybe you think I'm crazy. This, I just met the guy in this conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. He says to me, uh, so you, do you have that bus here, right? And I go, yeah. He goes, I tell you what, the custodian from the high school, his wife's birthday is today. And if we could get all my kids and all your kids onto your bus and drive <laughs> down into the barrio and pull up in front of the house and all play Las Maninitas for the custodian's wife, he will be golden and she'll be in heaven. Mm -hmm. So we did it. And so we get on the bus and of course, all my kids are at one side of the bus uh -huh. and wearing blue. We had blue trajes at the time and they're wearing red. Okay. And um, it was like two terrified bunch of little kids <laughs> and we get to the backyard and we played something and then they played something. Mm -hmm. And then one of my kids says, Hey, that kid over there says he know they know Los Laureles. What key? They do it in Sol Mayor. Okay, let's play it together. By the end of the night, we were playing songs together. Kids were coming up to me and saying, hey, they want to learn Sopilote Mojalo. Um, they'll, if we give us the arrangement, if we give them the arrangement, they'll give us, you know, whatever. I can't yeah. remember what song it was. I do remember they wanted Sopilote Mojalo. Yeah, so trade, yeah. they had a blast. Uh -huh. I would always make the kids every year when we got back from our trip, we'd go back home and I'd say, you need to give your teacher, your English teacher, an essay on where we went because that you miss school yeah and i i said write what your favorite thing was we had gone to the side have your admission we had gone to it, it's tushan convention center seen mariachi cobre mariachi los camperos mariachi vargas on stage uh, i don't remember who Guadalupe pineda one year was the guest linda ronce that lives there so she was always there right um we went to the arizona sonora desert museum i asked the kids to write what was their favorite thing you know what it was Mm -hmm. I'm playing in the backyard before. with those other kids <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it was always that way we yeah. went to we went up to the state of washington and played in wenatchee it was mm -hmm. my two groups and their two groups mm 
And the favorite thing was when we played with those guys. Jamming with other kids. No one other kids that play mariachi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and that's exactly, I mean, that's why uh, a lot of, I mean, I know for me, like when I was younger too, when I would go to, like the bigger conferences I went to was Albuquerque, but there my favorite thing was the jam sessions because, I mean, you're, you're, you're playing with other kids and, and it's not just that, like everybody, you know, has a certain level of, of where they're at, you know, musically, you know, you, it challenges you at the same time. You're like, oh man, like, like I can play pretty good. Like, I want to play that pretty good, but not so much to beat him more. Like, I just want to be better. I want to be a better musician. You know what I mean? And just having, having like just good times with other people. I mean, that's, that, that's fun. Uh, uh, that's what I miss about doing those kinds of things. But it's it's good to know that the kids back then responded the same way. You know what I mean? Especially to like oh, things absolutely. like that. They were playing in a backyard, you know, and they're just like, yeah, this is this is the dopest thing ever. <laughs> you know, like that's cool. So you were yeah, and we and we didn't have to eat at McDonald's that night. <laughs> What'd y'all end up eating? Oh, I don't know if it was fajitas or whatever they had, but <laughs> it was somebody made it in the backyard yeah. and it was Comida Mexicana. It was, yeah. you know, our, so was our budget was Taco out, Bell, yeah. you know, uh, Waffle House. Yeah, right. So they got so, to eat um, some good stuff. But, um, hey, those kids, over the years, mm -hmm. we went to Tucson any number of times. We right. went to Fresno to Mariachi Conference. We went to Albuquerque when Albuquerque um, first started. Mm -hmm. um, we, we were in L.A. several times. Um, we went to Seattle twice. Well, to Wenatchee, Washington twice. Right. We ended up going to Guadalajara three times. Oh, man. We went to Budapest. Man. Um, we were playing for free one night and, at the Fort Worth Zoo. A year later, the lady from Fort Worth Sister Cities calls me up and she said, you remember you played at the zoo? And uh -huh. I said, ma'am, we played at the zoo a bunch of times for a bunch of different groups. She <laughs> said, well, this was for the Fort Worth Sister Cities. The mayor of Budapest fell in love with you guys. He wants you to come to Budapest. And oh, I'm like, man. yeah, what are we going to walk or what? <laughs> no, they're paying for the flights. They're paying for the hotels. They're paying for food. They're playing for 10. They're paying for 10 days. Wow. And um, where was I? Mean, I? <laughs> think about it. You know, some of the kids got to go to L.A. They got to go to Budapest. They got to yeah. go to the state of Washington. They got to go to Guadalajara in four years. Right. I mean, man. so whenever you you started the program to that those times, how long was how long was it? Did it take for the program to grow that much? Well, the, the district wasn't supplying anything. Mm -hmm. We bought, bought our own uniforms. Mm -hmm. we, um, I, we ha we, I had a parent organization, which was all the parents. We mm -hmm. made a deal. If your child decides to leave the group, mm -hmm. you can make the decision. You want to take the, the uniform because the parents paid for half of the uniform and the gig money paid for half of the uniform. Right. And so if, you, if the child was going to leave, you could pay us for the other half of the uniform, or if you didn't want it, we'll pay you for the other half of the uniform. So at least we'd have, you know, something that looked the same. We wouldn't have to get mm. new ones every year. Right. Um, kids started getting their own instruments. I drove to Guadalajara every year. I drove to Michoacan, to Paracho, to buy guitarrones and vihuelas. Yeah. Um, and the district never paid me for those. I mean, um, all the all the instruments that were there, uh, they're at the, were yours, right? Because I, I, I remember you telling us those stories um like the vihuelas the guitarrones you would tell me yeah like i went i went over there and i bought them like these like, these are mine i was like say man that's crazy well, i got pictures <laughs> of the guys making them as well yeah that's crazy hey, I, I i gotta i gotta tell you this you and pepe were talking about the green vihuela oh yeah that was, that was my that, i love that vihuela man it was, it was okay so you great. should know that there's a there's a matching guitarra de golpe 
Yeah. And there's yeah. a matching, and you know, the Sam, I mean, uh, Victor, that there's a matching green guitarron. Yeah. Right. All three of them. I played yeah. all three of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was something you guys weren't mentioning in your interview with Pepe, but uh -huh. my job, my, what I felt like was my job was if you mm. played guitar, you were going to play guitar de golpe, you were going to play viola, and you were going to play guitarron. No, and that yeah. way, somebody calls you, you can fill in on four instruments. Right. And you're that much more valuable to a group. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what we do now, you know, to be honest. Yeah, it, try it, them all. Yeah, because really, uh, it's like you said, those four instruments, or us as Armonia players, um, like me, I started on guitar. Victor started on guitar. but Everybody did. Right, everybody mm -hmm. starts on guitar. And then that leads into, because I mean, you could really learning guitar, you could, after knowing the knowledge that you have there, you can implement it, you know, to another instrument. And me, I didn't start on guitarron in middle school at all. I didn't learn until later in high school. But obviously, everything I learned in guitar translate over. It translates over, you know. It, it helped me with that. And Victor, I mean, Victor plays harp, you know, but he plays all the other four too, you know, just just like I do, you know. And, and it's important that way because you end up learning not just one instrument. Oh, well, play me this sheet of music. Like, can you play those chords? Okay, cool. Okay, well, what's what what's what are the notes in that chord that make up? what you play on guitarron like you have to make the connection between all of them right that's true yeah because yeah, yeah. i mean it's really helpful now because yep. now whenever we get called because people know that we play the whole harmonia you know right they're like hey we need a guitarron well victor plays or yeah. we well well victor kind of plays you know? <laughs> <laughs> victor kind of plays but he, yeah. he can go he can go yeah. but yeah it's like you said i mean you're more valuable that way not only just playing the instrument but playing it well understanding the instrument that way you can you can translate it to the next harmonia, which is, you know, your guitar, your vihuela, your golpe, you know. And I think that's the most important thing. A lot of the times, too, a kid will just learn straight on vihuela. And I'm like, okay, we'll play that on guitar. And they won't know. And I'm like, dude, it's the same thing. Like, just, just like, like nobody taught them from that, you know. Minus a string. Yeah, just take off a string. I mean, you're good, you know. And then, you know, you learn to use your thumb or whatever. But, like, the, it, it's all connected, you know what I mean? I think that's important. That's very important, you know, to, to understand your instrument. And I feel like you did that a lot with us. You 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 taught a lot to us. I taught a general. lot of workshops at mariachi conferences, right? Where kids didn't know that's an E string, that's a B string. Mm -hmm. They didn't know the names of the strings. Yep. They didn't know anything but this is a G chord. Yeah. Dude, and, that's how kids are right now. And and yeah, it has not changed. I mean, I I, I have. It, it was changed when I was there. Yeah, <laughs> you had to know. And the yeah. thing was, you think about this. I'm teaching in school. If you're yeah. learning trumpet, you learn to read music. Yeah. If you're in the, in the orchestra, you learn to play violin or string bass or cello, whatever mm -hmm. you're playing. Right. You need to read music. Right. The district said to me, they need to read music. And I wouldn't have done it any different. I played yeah. sax and clarinet when I was a kid. Um, oh, nice. I played drums in the high, high school band. I played electric guitar in a stage band. And I played baritone sax mm -hmm. um, in concert band. Mm -hmm. um, but you needed to read, know how to read music. Right. If you could read music and you could play by ear, you got it all. Yeah. But and I think, yeah, there's no yeah. written music for vihuela. You don't learn mm -hmm. individual notes. It's a strumming instrument. So it's guitarra de golpe. Right. So you learn to play guitar and all the books are for classical. Right. Mm -hmm. So you learn to play classical, you learn harmony. And I mean, not harmonia, but you learn how harmony works. Right. And you can go from there. You can be a country western musician. You can be a classical guitar yeah. player. And, you can do rock. You can do jazz. You can do whatever you want. That's you, up to you. And you see that now because I mean, we we we're on this path where we're mariachis. We you know we play mariachi, but it's like you said, 
if you learned that theory when you were a kid, you know, you'd learned, uh, you know, how to read your music, how to translate, how to transpose and all that, you know, you can use that in other, you, a lot of your students may be playing in a Latin salsa band or they may be playing in a rock band, you know, and they learned that in middle school. You know what I mean? Like you taught them to, you taught them from the very beginning, this is what guitar is. This is how these notes relate to each other, how harmony works. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily always have to apply to mariachi. You can apply that to other genres of music. And I didn't realize that till later. You know what I mean? And I was telling Victor this, like, I still have your books um, somewhere in the house. <laughs> I still have your books because I, I was like, well, Dude, that's this is the three books that you have then. All the yeah. rest of your wife's. Yeah, the, yeah, the, all the rest of my wife. My wife has <laughs> books that she actually reads, and I just look at the pictures because you had pictures in there, so I would just look at the pictures. I can't read. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, I still have those books, and I was telling Victor, I was like, look, when I look at it now, I'm like, wow, he was trying to teach me so much, and I was just a little snot-nosed kid, and I didn't even know how to, like, pay attention. But, like, looking back now, I'm like, man, all of this makes so much sense now. You know what I mean? Now that I have the experience, you know, I've been playing mariachi since that eighth grade year when I started playing vihuela. Um, but I played, you know, guitar those two years before. But later on, I'm like, man, all this, like, is the stuff I'm using now. And I didn't even realize it. Yeah, I slapped time. him when he told me that. Yeah. I was like, dude, how? <laughs> like, and, but well, I'm when very... you were talking with Pepe and when you were uh -huh. saying you were not no kid, you mm. were a good guitar player, Sammy. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, you didn't want to play everything that I wanted you to to, to oh learn, yeah. <laughs> but there's so much stuff to learn yeah it, you, know? you never stop and that's what i explained to victor like it's you could think you're good and then you go to somewhere and you just see someone so much better and you're like man i don't i don't know shit you know i'm i'm, I'm still at this level there's so much more you can still be learning there's I mean, always a bigger fish there's yeah exactly you 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 do your best to you know try to keep up really you mm -hmm. know what i mean but you at the end of the day you you're always learning you don't you don't stop right um you learn to not be complacent I think Dr. G gave us a very like well-round teaching of what we do, you know? Cause yeah. I remember with Dr. G, uh, before even touching a guitar, we had, we, he, he gave us like three or four tests. Oh, uh, right. One, you told me about this. I don't really remember. One was about like the parts of your instrument. One was about like reading, uh, how to read your notes. I remember very well. Mm -hmm. And there were like two more. I don't remember those. Right. You, yeah. You, you used to know the test. notes on the staff. Right. Yeah. You had to be able to draw a G clef, which was a killer. Oh, I don't remember that. I still can't draw one to this day. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, it looks like a weird six. You had to know how to take care of the guitar. Right. right. Respect your when instrument. When you change the strings, all that kind of stuff. Right. What was the last one? Um, one of them. Oh, you needed to know. You needed to draw a whole note, a half note, a whole rest, yeah. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I got to tell you guys, mm -hmm. there was those four tests. Right. You needed to know those things. But what I needed to know was who you were. And what I mean by that is, are you going to be the knucklehead that I gave a $300 guitar to and it's broken <laughs> two weeks from now? Or are you the guy that I probably should give $1.99 guitar to because mm. I know it's going to be broken in two weeks? <laughs> that you know very, what I'm saying? That's very... I would know by the end of all that grueling crap that you had to sit through, uh -huh. which is boring as all get out. <laughs> but by the time you did that, I knew exactly who I'm going to give this guitar to. I'm right. going to give that guitar to. I mean, beyond just knowing who gets a three-quarter size and who gets a full size, but yeah. I needed to know who to give the good instruments to because I could tell by your behavior, but I didn't yeah. know that on the first day of school. Yeah, exactly. I also had to have a way of getting you guys to pay your 30 bucks. <laughs> and the I district did, was wanting like 45 bucks a semester. Mm -hmm. 
And I never, ever charged more than $30 for the whole year mm -hmm. because I didn't want anybody. And, and there were a number of people that never paid anything, mm -hmm. but I didn't want anybody not to be able to play because they didn't have the money. Dude, right? I but to I wanted pay to give them time <laughs> to be able to do that and for me to be able to know who, which instrument to assign to whom. Right. Dude, I remember I had and to pay Tokiji with like ones and like quarters. Cause really? Because like, I had to work for my money. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, here's a one, here's a five. I have four quarters. It was yeah, it was all like a it was a summation of all yeah. the of all the currency. It was like ones, two you had a two dollar bill <laughs> yeah. in there. Oh man. Well, think about this also. That's the only money that I had to buy more instruments. Right. The exactly. district never gave us, never gave me instruments. Mm -hmm. And instruments are expensive. I mean, yeah. and, and, and it's like you said, you, you buy an instrument and then there's a kid who thinks he's like Slash or something and ends up breaking his guitar. So you have to replace that instrument. Even you know? a low quality instrument is like yeah. $50, $100. Yeah, a low quality instrument gets broken. You still have to give that low quality to a, a kid. You know, uh, you yeah. still need to end up giving that guitar to somebody. So I can see how grueling it could be. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, at the end of the year, uh -huh. all, all the band directors and orchestra teachers in the di district mm -hmm. have to show... And, they, and they, you have to line up all the instruments. You guys have been through that. Yeah. You got to show that if you had 25 instruments at the beginning of the year, you got yeah. 25 now. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had, I had more than that many guitarrones, yeah. but I drove to Mexico to get them. I right. went to Paracho and watched them build them. The same with the vihuelas. Yeah. But by the way, the green ones, the three of them, mm -hmm. there was a fellow named Jerry Starr. He yeah, lived Jerry in Starr. Albuquerque. Right. Yeah. He was an aeronautic engineer. What is that? I mean, he worked at something like Lockheed. Uh, oh, okay. okay. Airplanes. Mm -hmm. Yes. But okay. this guy decided he fell in love with mariachi music. He was going to build guitarrones vihuelas and guitarra de golpe. Wow. And we went, I took my kids when we were in Albuquerque. We went to Jerry's shop. He showed us, he sprayed, you know, varnished instruments. He mm -hmm. showed us how he built the instruments. Mm -hmm. And uh, I ended up buying those three from him. What? Uh, those, are <laughs> those are Jerry Starr? Yeah. They're, they're three Jerry Starr instruments. <laughs> wow. And the reason I like them is because uh, the climate in Albuquerque is similar to Texas in that it's really dry. <laughs> uh -huh. You buy an instrument in Michoacan where it's a million percent humidity. Right, right. You bring it into a, into a classroom in Texas. It's mm -hmm. only a matter of time before it starts splitting. Yeah, I mean it, the wood is going to dry out, and uh, but getting instruments from from Albuquerque, th they've neither of the none of the three of them have ever busted. Yeah, and, and oh, do you have those? I mean, they're yours. You have those? No, no, those are not mine. Those are at the school. Oh, they're at the school. They should oh, still be there. They were there when I left. <laughs> man, that's crazy. And the, the three are a set. Yeah, Dude, yeah, like... they were all green. Same, yeah. And it's crazy because right. like, you can't, you can't mistake them. They're all green. Yeah, they're all green. And that's, it's funny too, because like I told Victor this, but when I got that green vihuela, I just liked it. Right. I, th I always thought it was like the best one. So that's when I would play like in eighth grade. Dude, I was, I would always play the, I mean, I would play all of them. Yeah. You play. And all I of remember them. like, uh, we would have, uh, like other people, like other teachers walking, like yeah. to help us. Yeah. Uh, and, or clinicians. You're right. And they would, they would play those instruments and we're like, these are pretty good. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah. But I didn't realize that Why? It was that good, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it's it's funny because like that those instruments were were just good. I mean, they were, they, yeah. were, they 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 really still got me started. Like that vihuela, that's the reason my first Morales was green because I, I liked that green color of that vihuela. So I ended up ordering Morales green, and it just kind of stayed that way. And then mm -hmm. I sold it like a dumbass. But I, I either way, I, I that's why I had 
the green one. I always liked that green one. It was so fun. Mm. But that's that's awesome. That's crazy. I didn't realize that you went to, over there to go get them. That's, that's pretty cool. Well, we we went to Albuquerque to the Mariachi Conference. Right. I had been talking to him on the phone, mm-hmm. and we went over there and bought the instruments. Mm. Um, I mean, we I, I went over there. He told me how much it was going to be. The right. good thing was I didn't have to drive to to Paracho, Michoacan to get mm-hmm. instruments. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling at the time these are going to last because the tr- climate is so much tr- more like Fort Worth, you know, dry climate. Yeah, right. But also, he, I would ha- be able to use Fort Worth ISD money on a purchase order because he was in the United States. Right, that's true. When they finally started paying for instruments. They wouldn't pay for anything in Mexico. Yeah, and that's that's still an issue to this day too. I mean, it's funny because the best instruments, a lot of the best instruments, come from over there, and they they. And then them. you pay twice as much for half of it's for shipping. Oh yeah, and then here they 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 jack up they jack up the price too. I mean yeah, usually... I mean they're more accessible now because there's other like little shops that will buy like instruments from Mexico and sell them here. Right, but they'll be a little bit overpriced. You know? Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's 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 well, they saved you the trip, right? Yeah, right. I mean... yeah. I'm like I'm still like I'm 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 like thinking like I mean the trip won't be that bad. I mean, <laughs> whatever uh no but i mean that's that's awesome uh just that those instruments i mean you you really did your best just to get them in the school with what you had you know which was you know just do, do your best kind of like you said they put you in a closet and you just kind of started the program that way you know but by this point yeah like you you ended up in the in the in the the girls gym that's when we came in i, I mean i started when did you go to middle school? I was in two, I was I started in two thousand six, I think. Well, I got here from Mexico like two thousand five, so like two thousand nine. So right away, almost <laughs> you went to into mariachi, and I think you I think you said did you have an interest in mariachi when you started or was well, it? Well, just... because I remember seeing like when I was in fifth grade, yeah. we went we walked to Elder, <laughs> to oh, really? the to the auditorium, and uh, I remember seeing. Like Karen and Pepe and Ivan were there. I think they were playing with the the mariachi. Oh, okay. And they were like, "Hey, we have this program. You guys want to join?" Dr. G was giving like a little presentation oh, okay. to to the fifth graders uh, about the elective. So that's when I was like, "Okay, I'll sign up." But for some reason, they didn't let me in the in the program. They you were let you in? Yeah, I went to the advisor counselor. Counselor. Sure. Yeah, and they were like, "We're not putting you here. We're putting you somewhere else." So I actually started guitar my seventh grade year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dang, you got pretty good quick. Cause I remember well, you were you were probably more inspired than I was, like as far as like classical. I was never good at classical, Dr. G. Well, I I'm sorry. Been... I tried my best, but my my fingers are not good enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not for everybody, but you yeah. learn to read music. You learn to yeah. have an interest. You learn the coordination. By yeah. the way, Victor, they never let me have kids from the language center until you came. Really? What is that what that was the first year? There was you, there was Juan. Yeah, there was that whole bunch of you guys. Oh, Michael. I remember. Um. Um. Oh my God, Miss Fisher. Yeah. She'd always tell me, "I'm trying to get it so that they can have an elective at the same time, so they can be a mariachi." And right. I said, "I would love to have some kids from Mexico, you know," but I never got them. And then one huh. year, she came to me like in the summertime when uh-huh. we were just going back to school. Bill, I can't believe it. You're gonna get some of my kids this year. And oh, you guys about- were the first ones. Oh, because oh, I never understood. They were like, "Hey, we're not putting you in this." I'm like, "Why not?" Why not? We're like, I don't know, but I'm putting you in like math, math by art. I'm like, I don't want to do that. You know, <laughs> I want to play guitar. Yeah, God damn it. <laughs> and then the next year, that that's when they allowed us uh, to be in the program. I wow, guess you're a fir- you're a first generation. That's pretty apparently, cool. Apparently, I didn't cool. know that. Well, try to remember, I was always half the time at Northside and half the time at Elder. Right, right that's so true. If I was at Elder 
only in the afternoon and mm -hmm. you only had an elective in the morning, right? you know, you're out of luck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it was one year I was at Poly, Diamond Hill. Oh man. South Hills, Northside and JP Elder. Wow. So, so I mean, <laughs> the amount of time I was at JP Elder was very limited. Yeah. Like, you're like, banking. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I mean, that's, I mean, that's good. And at the same time though, cause I mean, you were kind of spreading your influence to other parts of Fort Worth. I mean, you had already started what, what is now, you know, the Fort Worth ISD's Mariachi program. Yeah. Cause those schools, schools have a pretty good program now. Yeah. Know? Or at least they're like more, there it's i mean they just created that i mean they just built that mariachi center at Northside. i mean they have a whole new classroom dedicated only to mariachi and uh I, I'm, am, am i correct when i say too that you started the the mariachi there at Northside high school too i was the only guy for like 20 years <laughs> okay i just want to make sure i, I was teaching like, listen i was teaching mariachi at Northside high school before nino was born Oh man! Well, third. I mean, think about it. That's, right. yeah. that's the difference. Right. There's a big. So, yeah. There's a big gap. Yeah. Because I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. Like you, you influence not only just mariachi in Fort Worth ISD and in, in Texas. I mean, this specific the culture here in Maria, uh, in Fort Worth for sure. I mean, every every school within this um, middle school and high schools, you know, in this radius of Fort Worth, like has a program now, or at least is trying to start one. You know, they're. Yeah. They're they're doing their best to find teachers, you know, to come in and and, and teach those programs and stuff. That's like been that. going on for thirty years. Exactly. When yeah. I started helping out at Poly, Poly was twenty five percent Hispanic. Mm -hmm. When I left Poly, it was seventy five percent Hispanic. Whoa. Oh man! And that was that was maybe the course of fifteen years. Right. I mean, that I mean, then boom. then they opened South Hills, mm -hmm. and tons of Hispanics down there. But the yeah. band teacher didn't want to teach mariachi. I mean, he gave the instruments away. Oh, man. Gave them away? Where was that? You he gave them away. <laughs> you can do that, but aren't those like school instruments? I, I mean, he just signed them over. He signed them over to Rosemont. Oh, by oh. the way, I was teaching at Rosemont every oh, Wednesday from 5.30 to 6.30 in the evening. So you, by the way. Because they didn't have anybody at Rosemont that, that, that would guy. do it. Busy guy. And uh, Rosemont's always been so, so heavily Hispanic. So yeah. I would teach the kids after school there. Oh, okay. Cool. But I mean, I thought it was great. I mean, these kids really wanted to do it. They only saw me yeah. once a week, mm -hmm. but, and they had to wait till, five, I mean, I would get out of JP Elder at four 30 and right. I'd have to fight rush hour traffic to get the, to mm. down right. to Rosemont. So I get there five, five, 15, five 30. Yeah, yeah. We would be there till six 30. And, and that's why I say we were kind of, we were as we were blessed to have you as our teacher so early, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and I think I speak well, for, for other, that. And, and I, and I feel like, um, I think we're not the only two to feel that way just because like I said, I, who knows what I'd be doing at this point. You know what I mean? Um, in, 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 in this point of my life and in Victor too, you know, he, he might not even be playing at this point. He would have stayed in the language center kids and been a math by art major. What, you thought I never, I would never learn English or what? I don't know, dude. <laughs> this guy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where, where our lives would have been. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but you know, we, we took an er, early interest cause I remember too, you, you mentioned that, you know, you saw me as a kid, right? So, and I've said it on this podcast before, what influenced me to get into mariachi wasn't even mariachi. I, I wasn't trying to get into mariachi. My family doesn't come from mariachi, you know, kind of, I, I mean, I'm Hispanic, but that's not what was playing at my house. You know what I mean? They were playing like Norteño music. So when I came in, I came in because of Guitar Hero, 
I loved Guitar Hero. It was fun. I wanted to play electric guitar. That was my goal. So I'm pretty sure you remember me in class playing like Iron Man or Smoke on the Water. I was always playing those licks as opposed to playing classical, you know, exercises and, and learning my notes properly. I'm pretty sure you remember that, you know, and that wasn't what I was. Dude, you were playing Twinkle Twinkle. <laughs> well, I learned that one, right? I learned that one because of you. So that's that's. But good. the idea was that you could read the notes. Right. Take it where you want. I tell exactly. you what, over the years, people would come into the restaurant. I'll say it. They're my kids. They're now in their 50s, some of them. Yeah. But they'll come into the restaurant and they'll, I'll say, hey, what are you doing now? I'm, uh, I work in a hospital. I work here. I swear, da, 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 right. Whatever. Uh -huh. I've had a ton of people say, I am the music director at my church. Oh, okay. Okay. And I started playing. And now they play keyboards. Now they play whatever. Right. Um, but they'll say to me, I still have your book. And mm. you're the only guy who taught me about being Mexican. About Father Hidalgo, <laughs> about Dia de los Muertos, about Jose yes. all of the garbage that I gave you guys. <laughs> but it wasn't garbage. This uh -huh. is what people remember. Uh -huh. And I've had kids come back and say, can I get another copy of the book for you? Because mine's worn out. I want my grandkids. <laughs> yeah. And they're not playing an instrument. They yeah. just want the, the cultural stuff. Mm -hmm. Because you, like you say, most people around here don't come from mariachi. When uh -huh. I came to Fort Worth, there was one mariachi. There were five guys. They were all in their 70s. They almost mm -hmm. didn't play at all. Mm -hmm. This is not mariachi territory. At least it wasn't then. It wasn't then. Yeah. But that was good for us, too, because we were the only mariachi in town. We didn't mm -hmm. have to compete with guys like you now. Oh, we didn't sorry. have to compete with the older guys. <laughs> right. We were it. Uh -huh. You know, we also, Mrs. Mrs. Hada, our principal, I had her for like 13 years. She right. would say, you guys also have the cute factor. You know, you're young oh, yeah. kids. Yeah. And older Hispanics are just, they love to see younger Hispanic kids doing Hispanic stuff and being proud of it. Yeah, mariachi, yeah. That's where we made the money for our instruments. That's where we made the money for our trajes. And that's how we got to go to Tucson. And to, we went to Disney World twice. Mm -hmm. Guadalajara three times. I mean, yeah. the district never paid for any of that. Yeah. And I never made nobody stand on a corner begging. Yeah. We played, we played an average of 100 gigs a year. Oh, man. Think about heavy, that, man. Heavy, yeah. I remember our eighth grade year. I think we learned like a full hour of rep. Repertoire. You guys actually, I mean, I, my yeah. year we gigged maybe a little bit, but not so much. I think you guys, yeah. you guys were better than us. Uh, you know, we we fed into Northside. I don't know about that. I just remember we, but, we gigged a lot and we learned a lot of yeah. songs. You guys were doing a lot. You know what I mean? And and, and really, Doctor G makes made that a lot of that happen. Like yeah. you said, he. I mean, who knows what would well, happen if because like at the same time he like Doctor G did explain a lot of what marachis were supposed to do because he showed us like what a show marachi was and then he's like but there's also like un marachi talonero you know that yeah. they kind of like have to learn a lot of songs and they have to learn to play their instrument or different instruments to right. kind of keep getting work right so we kind of put that in our head because that's the reason we learn an hour of rap you know to us that was a lot at the yeah. time right we, we learned like uh, it is a lot mm -hmm. yeah. kids, think about yeah. the high school band they play an eight minute halftime show exactly yeah mm -hmm. And a lot of them have their little music stand, their little right. lyre on their instrument. Mm -hmm. You guys had everything memorized an hour. Right. Yeah, that's true. We memorized it. And that takes a lot, you know, yeah. especially for like a kid, you know, not, not to say like a kid can't do it, but I'm saying, you know, they got, their the brains are still growing. Yeah, it's because you never seen it, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like you said, to see right. Vargas or someone like that. It's like you never seen it. So you're like, dude, we played an hour. Like, we can do that. Yeah, you we know? can do that. Yeah. Blows your mind a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we did an hour because people would ask for an hour. They yeah. didn't usually yeah. ask for an hour and a half. 
Right. If they did, I would say, we'll take a 15-minute break, and then we'll fill in the next with songs we already played. Right. And everybody would say, oh, that's okay. Yeah. That's a, we could do a two-hour gig that way. Right. We just play an hour, take a 15-minute break, and then play another 45 minutes, which is the same songs we played before. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, you I know? remember doing that. Just repeating like, songs. <laughs> <Repeating> the songs. <laughs> or we would do like I Mother's Day. I never once had anybody say no. They always said, that's great. Mm -hmm. And they that's wanted you guys. That's and they that's also awesome. wanted you guys because we showed up. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> what does you, that can, mean? you can rely. You can rely on the kids oh. to get there. <laughs> Not like us, where we we get to the the oh, gig mom, like thirty driving, minutes. Right? Huh? right? What was that? I'm sorry. I said, "Mom was driving." Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she's gonna. Yeah, she's gonna get you there on time. Yeah, most likely. We need to get there at this time, and we need to get home at this time because mom's got three other kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> sometimes they were in the back seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just watching yeah just watching like whoa okay mm -hmm. yeah we got to get there on time <laughs> no but i mean yeah and that's why that's why i kind of wanted you on here because i was like look um maybe I, I don't know how it is in other schools you know what i mean um i i can only speak on my experience and then victor's experiences like we can only say so much of what we we actually went through you know as kids so you know we got we would run into kids like that they you know they didn't know their music or they didn't know how to you tell them what note is that they're like what i don't know I, i know how to play a g chord and and sometimes i feel like it's not stressed as much right like yeah like that's the thing i appreciate a lot you know like early yeah. g taught us like we started with guitar and we learned basics like we don't just learn chords we learn like notes. fingerings uh finger positions mm -hmm. and uh you know he even challenged us with uh other classical pieces and you then, you for sure because you were good like that's how, as i say I like i wasn't about that anyways but you were then, playing like solo like you were playing so do you went to no yeah, that was later on but you were playing like solos guitar solos yeah right and and and, and he stressed like that you could get like uh, was there like medals involved i remember in middle school there was medals involved medals yeah you were you would play like a piece i remember one time because i remember I, i did the piece and i got like a two and i didn't get the cool medal but it was in middle school i don't remember It was in the mariachi room. Oh, they were playing Asturias. Maybe you probably. I wasn't that. Like I said, I was. I was not. A, no, I was not. Victor a, played Asturias, yeah, and Victor. I made a mariachi arrangement for it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did Don't you, you remember Victor? Yes. <laughs> Eighth grade year. Yeah. He's like, uh, I don't want to talk about. <laughs> no, Victor was awesome. That was yeah. my peak. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Victor peak. <laughs> That's where you yeah, I remember peak. that. I remember I really enjoyed classical, but that's what I'm saying. You know, like mm -hmm. learning stuff like that really gets you to know your instrument. And exactly. Th and then he was like, "Okay, well, you you know your you know rest stroke, free stroke, how to play certain things. Now let's learn chords. You know, yeah, it, and then you learn how to strum. And then you're like these people like kind of made this up. Then then he talks about like Marichi Vargas, Jose Alfredo. Right. You know, like so. And then we haven't even gone into that, but this um you we've we've gotten into just music that's crazy and it's been an hour but you are also a mariachi historian not only were you teaching us you know about our instrument you know how to play our instrument you were giving us the history of it and i feel like that's equally as important as yeah. what we're doing on our instrument in real time you know at a gig or anything like that um i think the biggest thing you know i ask a student i'm like hey do you know who you know who pato was do you know who like the our guest on here tony zuniga who came later you know but Uh, do you know about Silvestre? You know, do you know about Gaspar? Gaspar? You know, all these guys that 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 influence the instrument that you play. And they're like, well, yeah, no. that's, that's what I was getting at. You know, like you learn how to strum and then he tells you like, you know, these people are kind of the ones that brought up these or recorded these certain uh, recordings that yeah. made it 
popular, you know, right. that the, everybody had to play now. Right. They, they, they came up with these strummings, you know, later on, they, they become uniform, you know, like a, like a son. Right. Well, do you know that, you know, before, you know, it wasn't as structured, you know, like what led up to that point? Yeah, that's you know what, what I mean? you know, because now when you play, you're like, oh, man, like these people used to play like that, you know? Right. So that right. kind of puts more, it makes you more involved. You know exactly. I mean? well, exactly. At least for me, that's what it did. Yeah, yeah. So and, and and that's why I mean, that's what I that's why I say like it's equally as important for not only for you to know your instrument but also understand mariachi and you are the expert on that. I really stress that, that you are the expert on that. I mean, like you said, you have all these books, you dedicated your life I'm to an expert. It, yeah, you are an expert, right? No, there are, there are a bunch of others now. You guys probably know Jonathan Clark uh, yes. from yeah. California. Yeah. Right. Uh, he studied mariachi history for quite a while. But for the last about 15 years, there's been a conference down in Guadalajara. Right. And I know Victor's going to laugh, but a bunch of mariachologos. Right. Guys <laughs> who study mariachi. Okay. And some of them are sociologists, some of them are geographers, some of them are historians, some of them are uh, anthropologists, uh, ethnomusicologists. Um, there's a lot of young guys working in their BAs that mm. are studying mariachi. Mm. Y'all know who Jesus Jauregui is? I've heard that name. I've heard about him. Jesus Jauregui is the expert. Oh. I am an expert. He's oh, the yeah. expert. He's the expert. You guys, if you don't have this book. Oh, I've seen that book. You have that book. This is a killer book. Yeah. I call it La Biblia. Oh. <laughs> I mean, just among other things. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's Mariachi Vargas, 1931. Man. But this book is the history of mariachi, every aspect you can imagine of it. Mm. But it took him 10 years to get UNAM, Universidad Nacional Autónoma de México, uh -huh. to accept a doctoral dissertation that was on the subject of mariachi. Wow. Because mariachi no vale nada. Mm. According Los to mariachi that. son yeah. los señores de, de la plaza, los esos músicos. Right. I mean, he spent 10 years just convincing them to accept his dissertation. Wow. Now there's guys with BAs doing that in Mexico. And I mean, Jesus is now, I guess, 72. He wow. just retired. Mm -hmm. And he works wow. at the, uh, the, the Institu Instituto Nacional de Antropolia, Antropología e Historia. Um, wow. There are a lot of students now that are studying either with him or studying. He's got over 150 publications about mariachi. I mean, articles wow. and books. Right. I mean, the guy's amazing. Mm -hmm. I had the good fortune to meet him at a mariachi conference in San Diego. Um, he invites me to his house. We go off into the mountains. And probably next time, I'll show you some of those pictures since <laughs> we've been going to quite a while tonight. Well, um, but there well, are a lot of people now. We meet, we meet in August every year in Guadalajara. Wow. And now there's an, an organization called CONASAN, which is Consejo Nacional para la Salvaguardia del Mariachi. Mm -hmm to promote mariachi music, to study it both in the modern ver version right. as well as the historic version. Mm -hmm. so, there are people doing it. Ooh. So in the United States, there's, there's John and myself. There were four of us on the whole conference. Mm -hmm. yeah. Jesus and I were two of the people. Right. Now there are four days of 10, 10 speakers a day. So it's, it's getting pretty good. People are really right. into the study of mariachi. And like I said, both modern mariachi, historic mariachi, mariachi in France, 
it's mariachi in Italy, mariachi in Chile, mariachi in Australia, mariachi in Colombia. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's really pretty cool. So like you said, we've, so I go down there and I find out how little I really know. <laughs> and like you said, I mean, you never stop learning, you know what I mean? So with this, with this, this is a Absolutely. good, this is a good segue into, um, uh, this will be the end of this part one of the episode with, with, with you, uh, Dr. G. And what we'll do is, um, um, we'll go into your PowerPoint for the, for the next one. Can we do that? Sure. Cool. It's not so much a PowerPoint as there's a couple of topics that I wanted to talk about. Okay. Uh, that I figured it would be much easier for you and your other viewers mm -hmm. to get an idea. Um, what it's like because okay. when i went to mexico they were like treating me like i'm some big shot and i got there and i had never seen trajes like this i never heard those sones i'd never heard those polkas I, I mean completely another world of mariachi that i was completely unaware of right and it's 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 really cool because if you think you know lots of you guys love sones right yeah you know? Can you imagine there's there's as many that you as you know that you mm -hmm. don't know? I mean, mm -hmm. there's that many more you can learn. Right. I mean, yeah. I love playing sonnets. Just think about it. There's yeah. all these sonnets out there. Yeah, that you people that don't know. We about. in the United States, we don't know it because Vargas didn't record them. Right. Or they were I did a paper two years ago about being a gringo and you only know the the, the music that Mariachi Vargas records because that's mm -hmm. when I was starting. That was the only mariachi that we heard. Right. And I think you remember saying that those were like modern sonnets, right? Cause, modern. Because then I don't know, I could be wrong. Because I remember him saying that Silvestre at the time would go to like a pueblo, and he would like hear like something, and then he would be like, "All right, el relámpago," you know, he would write it down. Oh, really? And then, yeah. Because well, they're, they're not his compositions, or are they? Wg. No, we. Jesus Jauregui has has found places and interviewed Los Vejitos that Silvestre would go, particularly in Nayarit and Western Jalisco, right. because Silvestre from Eastern Jalisco, hear the local mariachis play, he'd learn the song, he'd go back to Mexico City and with Ruben Fuentes, they'd write it down, right. they'd copyright it and they'd get the royalties. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and then the guys on national radio would hear it out in the pueblito, and hey, they were kind of proud that their song was being played, you know, <laughs> yeah. not knowing maybe that these guys are living in mansions. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, they're still they living in the pueblito. My style. It just took but, my whole flow, bro. <laughs> you know, but there, there, there's a lot of that. You know, canciones right. piratas. Right. You know. Well, well, that's what but, we'll do. Um, um, we'll go into that um, so we can fully go straight mariachi history on this next episode. And I feel you, you have a lot of knowledge that people do either have never heard of, don't understand. You know, you, you have that info and we'd love to hear it again. You know, yeah. now that we're older and we have more, we pay attention a little bit better than, you know, sixth graders, you know, so we, we'd love to hear it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, I had a blast doing it. I had a blast teaching you guys that stuff. Um, I loved it because I knew Star Telegram reporters were going to come up to you and tap you on the shoulder and say, how does it make you feel as a Hispanic playing on 16 de septiembre and not going, what? 
you know, and saying something <laughs> like, yeah, Father Hidalgo did so and so and so and so. Or what does Cinco de Mayo mean anyway? Isn't it Cinco de Corona? Oh, man. You know, oh, um, man. You know and be able to speak intelligently and, right. and proudly. Yeah, you got to know your stuff. You know? yeah. And I mean, really, I felt that I would be ripping you guys off if I didn't teach you those things. And right. if it was going to bore you, well, maybe, it, I mean, I would give you as much as I could. I could see you guys there. I could see <laughs> yeah. the eyes glazing over. And I would know when, you know. I'm like, you knew. I probably went a little bit too long here and there. Right. But you know what I'm saying? I yeah. felt like I would be ripping you off if I didn't, you know. Right. I'll tell you what. The band director at J.P. Elder said, man, you're teaching them about uh, the guy who wrote these songs. Maybe Jose Alfredo in that particular instance. Right. So he went and did a cool PowerPoint and everything about John Philip Sousa, who wrote the march that the kids are learning. Mm-hmm. The instrumental music director from Fort Worth ISD saw the kids watching a PowerPoint and said, why are the kids not playing their horns today? He said, well, I'm teaching them about the composer, about the history of where the song came from. He uh-huh. said, if I ever see you in this room without the kids having the horns in their laps, you're fired. Oh, what? man. What? Music isn't just the notes. It isn't. You guys were talking the other day about kids singing Nunca uh, Hamas. Um, and they have no clue what they're saying. They got a big <laughs> smile on their face. <laughs> yeah. I'm ripping you off if I don't give that to you. Right. No, right. And, and, and yeah, and you need to stress I mean, that. It may be boring at the time. Yeah. It wasn't boring. It was more more like I would rather be like. We were just hyperactive. Yeah, we're hyperactive. We, we don't have attention spans like mm-hmm. now. You, you know. were kids. You were kids. Exactly. Yeah. You were kids. Like yeah. We were interested. And I'll tell you what, I could time. not. I could not have found a better job for me mm-hmm. in the world and i'll tell you what being retired and a paycheck comes in not what i used to make but a paycheck comes <laughs> a paycheck in comes and in. all i have to do is sit on my butt <laughs> that's the only thing that makes it any better but i miss the kids i miss yeah. doing it i miss talking about it but you guys are giving me an opportunity to do it again yeah mm-hmm. and, so, and that's uh, what we want let's we, do it again yeah uh we'll, we'll set that up and uh that way we can go straight into mariachi history educate some people that maybe listen to this podcast for some reason but educate them on what mariachi really is you know how how it came to be what it is and i'm excited uh, uh we'll, we'll yeah. set that up and we'll we'll get you back here again dr g we appreciate you coming out and and doing this i know uh over zoom you know technology it's a little i i still don't know what i'm doing with this whole podcast <laughs> we know with all these wires and stuff but i appreciate you taking the time um out of your schedule just oh, to my talk pleasure to guys I appreciate it, and uh, we will and see you to, soon. And thanks to Amelia here for who set the whole thing up on this. Yes, yes thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you for letting this happen, uh, helping us out. Now you came through. You came through. <laughs> well, then we'll set it up, Doctor G, sure and and we Stop will see, and we will see you soon for part two with. Dr. Have a safe Thanksgiving, guys. And you, you, yeah, well. you too, sir. Thank you. We'll see right. you. Good night, guys. Good night. Good night. Ha, ha, ha.